another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And uh, Jeremy is still off, but he should be back soon. Uh, you know, we did get a message on our Discord channel. Uh, I know you're on it pretty consistently, uh, as am I, yeah. Billy. And, yeah. and actually, for everyone out there, our Discord, I'm going to probably start linking it in the uh, the notes to the the episode. It's also linked on our social media and everything else. But if, if you're bored and you have a Discord and you want to just come on and talk about games, because that's pretty much all we talk about, I guess in wrestling, uh, you're more than welcome to yes. join our Discord. A little but bit. Not, not as much as I'd like. Well, God damn it. If you want to talk so wrestling, come on then, and uh, talk some wrestling. Yeah, Billy's yeah, down. Billy I, would be very excited. I am. Yeah, and we we got a nice little group of folks there. Um, yeah, a lot of regulars that pop in. A lot of people very knowledgeable in in a lot of things. Uh, you know, there's some comic talk thrown in there. Uh, there's a little bit of movie talk here and there. A lot of food talk. Yeah, well, a lot of food talk. That's okay. A lot of we... showing, <laughs> a lot of showing off of dishes that makes me jealous. That I, you know. I, I, nobody wants to see my bag at Chipotle or something like see, that. I don't take photographs of my ramen noodles with an egg on top. That's <laughs> no one, no one wants to see that. But, uh, but <laughs> someone did recommend that when the episodes was just you and I, that we, we refer to them as the BJ happy hour. I don't think we're going to do that, but I, <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. No, no. <laughs> I, I mean, it's solid. It, it, I appreciate the sentiment behind it, you know, and it's nice and short. I don't know. Um, you know, that might get flagged. Though, that could maybe. be. That could, uh, that could finally maybe. get us pulled down. Yeah. Uh, well, today we're going to talk about, we actually haven't covered a lot of the Sega Master System, uh, other than the, the year-long four-episode trek we had through uh, Fantasy Star. <laughs> but, but we haven't really talked about a lot, so we're going to cover a Master System game today, one of the early Master System titles, uh, the port of the arcade game Fantasy Zone. But before we get to that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last episode? Well, I got that fancy Xbox, that new one I got. I still got it set up. I'm, I'm at my, my new job in an undisclosed location, um, and I got nothing but time on my hands. So, of course, th that means on, on new hardware, I would, you know, we, we discussed this last time, I would like to play the, the newest, the, the best and brightest uh, games that push the very limits of the system. Uh, so I started up Lost Odyssey again. Oh, that's a good one, though. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've put, it's one of those where I have picked it up so many times. Uh, the first time I played it, um, I, I, I didn't grind enough, not at all. I was like, I tried to just play straight through and I definitely hit a wall. Um, I hit a wall that I could not overcome. So, and I mean, I was, I was a good bit in at that point. And I mean, that was back on the original 360 and I didn't touch it again for a while. Um, it's one of those that I am... Um, I guess more fascinated by than anything, and and I've always had thoughts of going back to it and giving it a, a serious run, kind of knowing knowing what I know now as far as RPGs and and nowadays I'd love getting on there and just fucking endlessly mindlessly grinding through things. So that should help me out this time around. Um, I I did, and I don't know how I did it. I forgot um, just how big. Just how big of a downer this game is. Oh, it's so good um, though. It's it's good. It, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of bittersweet tales told throughout the game. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of sad stories too, and there's a little bit of humor sprinkled throughout. Uh, but it's, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a ride emotionally. This game is is a, is a real ride, and I for anybody who hasn't played it. Um, if you're an if you're an RPG guy or gal, um, yeah, I mean I, I would not recommend doing it uh, the way I did, which is is late at night, 
when you're already a little down in the dumps and you got a you got a bottle of wine in you already. Um, you know, that's or or, you know, grab your controller and, and a box of tissues in that case. I, I played Lost Odyssey when it came out. I've played it through several times. I, I think it's like mm-hmm. a better version. Uh, let me go back. I don't mean a better version, because I'm sure we're going to get some complaints. But I do think it's a more uh, adult-appropriate version of a game like Final Fantasy X. Like, that's what it feels oh, like yeah. to me. It's, it's that kind of mm-hmm. grind. It's turn-based. It hasn't switched to, you know, active time battles where you run around and hit the X button when you want to attack things. It's still mm-hmm. a turn-based combat system. It's slow, like Final Fantasy X is, where you're going from place to place, and but and you break up into different teams in certain parts. Like, it, it's so good, but yes, it is a, it's kind of a downer. There's all these little stories about kind of the horrors of war and, and the horrors of existence mm-hmm. that you find throughout the game. But I, I loved Lost Odyssey. That's one I highly recommend. And, I, and it does... It's not as I mean it's serious, but it's not like a realistic game though. It's still goofy high fantasy. It's it's yeah. fun. I really enjoyed yeah. that. So uh, yeah, I do recommend that as well. I have been playing. You know, I mentioned last time I got Blasphemous. So I'm at the very end of Blasphemous, I think. Uh, well, actually, I know. I looked at a walkthrough just to make sure I wasn't uh, I wasn't mm-hmm. had a lot more to go. I've got two bosses to go, but I am I am dying horribly on them. Uh, I will get through the, the the next to last boss at some yeah. point. But I'm I'm having fun. I also picked up that Mario Golf for the uh, the Switch. Uh, I have not bought a previous Mario Golf game, so I don't really know how to compare it to previous Mario Golf games. What I will say is compared to Hot Shots Golf, which is the last real golf game <laughs> I put time into, uh, I am enjoying it. It looks like it doesn't have as many courses as something like Hot Shots, but it also uh, has a lot more options. The characters are more fun. It's more goofy. But also my, uh, my seven-year-old really, really likes it, so him and I are going to play a lot more of it next week. I've only played about three mm-hmm. games so far, so other than saying I'm having a good time, I'm not really... Uh, I-, I haven't... Do, you know, dove into the story mode or anything else. I've just played straight golf with it, which is probably not how you're supposed to play Mario Golf. But even though I've done that, <laughs> I've enjoyed it very much. Uh, but what I've spent most of my time on, after our last episode of Metroid Fusion, I was like, oh, I'm still on this Metroid kick. What else do I want to play? So on Twitch, over the last week, I've gone through and, and finished Fusion, which I did for the podcast. And then I played through all of Metroid Other M for the Wii. Oh, which, yeah. You know, I remember it not being very good. I remember having some complaints about it. Honestly, this time, I, I really enjoyed it. I think gameplay-wise, outside of a few sections, the gameplay itself is pretty solid. Uh, there's some parts yeah. where you have to kind of switch to first-person mode and you're forced to look around for something as like a clue. But the game doesn't make it very easy for you. And uh, <laughs> and there's parts where I had to actually look up what clue am I supposed to find. And sometimes it's simple as like, oh, that I thought that was grass, but it's supposed to be like a leaking fluid. I'm supposed to look at that for a minute <laughs> and then moves the story forward. Uh, there, there's other parts where, you know, you're just supposed to kind of zoom in on like a person off in the distance. You don't see them unless you know what you're doing. And I'm playing on a fairly good sized TV. So it's not like I'm playing on a tiny television where I wouldn't see that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that and the fact that I think Samus the character... I don't think they did a horrible job with the character. I think my problem is that she speaks. And that's going to come across as me being a dick, but I really am not trying to be. Uh, just like in in like The Legend of Zelda, if Link actually spoke, I think that would ruin things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I like oh, having yeah. a protagonist that you don't really hear their voice. I don't mind a sound, like if they go, ooh, or whatever. But like I don't need... If they're going to have a long exposition... And then they read it with their own tone and their own inflections and their own, like it changes your opinion of of what you thought that character sounds like when you didn't get that originally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in Fusion, we had all those sections where Samus would have these inner monologues where it would come across the screen. No problem with that at all. I'm fine with all of that because it it was neat that it had some character development. But just the the fact that that they had so many long sections where she just talked about her past and like she kept saying the baby over and over again, talking about that mm-hmm. Metroid. Mm-hmm. Other than that, mm-hmm. I, I mean. 
Game's the game's not bad. I don't know if it's still considered canon or not anymore, uh, but I do think it's still fun, and you can still grab that on the Wii U eShop while it's still up. If you're a Metroid fan, give it a shot if you hadn't played it before. I think it's pretty good. But the other game that I spent a good deal of time playing, and it's one I actually played a lot when I was younger, is the game we're going to talk about today, the Sega Master System port of Fantasy Zone. some hours into it i had clocked zero hours into it um i had always known of this game i had always seen uh i mean i had seen you know some some pictures here and there um i it's just a genre that never really grabbed me too much with the exception of my dear stinger on the nes um which i can i can completely see <laughs> was was uh you know inspired by this most likely um but no, it, it, it's one of those I knew existed. Never a lot of desire to get into it. Um, I, I knew that it was, you know, of all the all the space shooters and, and whatnot out there, it was it was one that that lended itself to be a little bit more on the the ridiculous end of things. And boy, what <laughs> was it ever? Um, so no, it was even though I knew a little bit about it, um, I I was still. Uh, Sensory-wise, tad bit overwhelmed when this one started up. Yeah, Fantasy Zone from the get-go is a very bright and colorful game. The arcade game that it's based on, uh, which is also by Sega, is is also a very bright, colorful game. It's actually one of the... It, we haven't covered a lot of shooters, as I mentioned, I guess, two or three episodes ago when we covered Steel Empire. And here we are covering one again. This is a traditional 2D shoot-em-up, but it's got a couple different things that make it stand out. One is... Clearly, the graphics you just mentioned, very bright and colorful. The enemies are very cartoony. Even on the Master System, they're pretty well animated. But this is considered a cute em up I guess, kind of shooter, where it is yeah, a, a yeah. much more, you know, everything's very bright and happy looking. Every animal has a little, every monster you're fighting has little faces and stuff. It, it, it makes it so you kind of looks like you're shooting at a cartoon uh, more than a, a deadly shooter. And it's actually on the yeah. easier side, I think, for a, a shoot em up game of this style. Uh, a lot of the enemies, there's not too many on screen, even in the arcade version. Uh, they do shoot, but it's not a bullet hell thing. It's more of just try to stay, you know, avoid their patterns while getting mm -hmm. through the level. Uh, the other thing with this game that kind of makes it stand out gameplay-wise is you're not just going, you know, left to right every stage, although the very last stage does that. But the rest of the game, you can go left to right, your character will turn around, you fire in the other direction, the screen scrolls the other way. Because essentially each level of this shoot-em-up is a big, uh, like a big circle like you start at the, it doesn't yeah. matter where you start you're going to loop back around to the same point uh so then your question is well how do you know if you finish the stage <laughs> well unlike a a standard shooter where you just get through a bunch of obstacles till you get to a boss at the end and you go to the next level this does that but instead of having a stage where there's a set progression instead each stage has these little mini base icons that little enemies mm -hmm. will fly out of it here and there and the the goal of each level is to blow up all of those and once you've blown up the last one, the screen will stop scrolling uh, in, a, in a fast fashion, slows down, and then you have a boss fight. The arcade runs exactly the same way. Your, your character itself will fly around, destroy these bases, get to a boss. There's eight levels total, and you know that's 
pretty straightforward format for a shooter. Uh, but there's a lot of other little things that kind of make this stand out. First off, your character, who's named Opa Opa, is a little ship. You know, you, you recognize him if you saw him. He's like a little red and blue egg-looking ship with a, with a clear, like, it looks like a, like a viewport on the outside. And mm-hmm. he flies around, and if you go towards the very bottom of the screen, because it's, it's a screen that does kind of scroll up and down a little bit, but for the most part, you go to the very bottom, and he'll walk around with little feet. I love that. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, it, I'm used to having one of those things where, uh, in a lot of these, there's, there's kind of that invisible wall at the very top and bottom of the screen, and, and you don't hit it. Like, right? I mean, on these, these games like this, you don't normally head all the way down to the bottom of the screen. Um, yeah, so the first time I did that, and it, it touched in, it started walking. Oh, it, it, very endearing. A uh, little bit strategic to get down there. I, I feel like you can get out of the range of a lot of enemies if, if you're down there. Uh, but yeah, you you touched upon really early on um, that this one is a little bit on the easier side uh, of this genre. And, and I'm going to say my only, having not played a ton of them, my only measuring bar is that I didn't have a lot of trouble with it. Um, and with my skill level at these, I mean, uh, this has got to be an entry point one then. Um, because, yeah, I, I, I dropped, you know, several lives along the way. Uh, but definitely, definitely did not feel like I, uh, you know, no desire to put my head through any solid surfaces in the house, which, you know, is, is the norm for this type of game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing right off the bat is there is a tremendous amount of character um, to this game. And and it really it really took me back because uh, I'm not used to being in this, this style of game unless it's mainly a black screen or some big, you know, mechanical hallways to navigate and just, you know, really generic kind of gray and and black backgrounds and so yeah this this pulled me in and I, and I have to say i had a lot more interest in this one early on than i do a lot of games of the genre and and i and i guess the entry point you know the 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 lack of insane difficulty to it also helped out and i did like the the style of you know you didn't just try to fight your way through to the end of a level you know, just going forward the whole time. You, you had the whole left-right thing, get looped around. Um, I thought that was really impressive. Like, right off the bat, this game is doing a lot of things that I haven't seen later games of this type do. Um, so yeah, and, and another thing, and I'm sure we'll discuss it more in depth, there's a, uh, you know, a way you do your upgrades in this game and your, your weapons and accessories and speed up things and things like that in this game that that for me i don't know if many other games do it like that but it was was a wholly unique um experience for me and, and honestly one i think i might prefer yeah your upgrade system in this is done more by purchasing upgrades as opposed to yeah. you know shooting a monster and and getting a, a drop that gives you a different weapon yeah. or and a different power instead, up or whatever and yeah instead basically just about every enemy drops the, the currency right that you'll use in the store yeah which I, I do like, and the way to get to the store, after you start a level and you destroy uh, a couple of those base things, or when you first start mm-hmm. a later level, a balloon comes down from the top of the screen that has the word shop on it, and you can go into that shop and you can buy yourself some upgrades. Now, there's some some great things about this upgrade system, and there's some things that are frustrating if you didn't know this. Now, thankfully, in the arcade, it wouldn't matter because you know, you're playing it the first time through, you kind of learn it as you play it, uh, but in the mm-hmm. Master System version, it tells you in the manual everything 
negative that I'm about to say about the the uh, yeah, yeah. the upgrade system. First off, it, it uh, when you come in, there's ten items you can buy. There are four different speed increases. Uh, the the cheapest one is uh, is the big wings. Big wings is actually neat because it actually adds little wings to your Opa Opa, and you go a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. But that's only a hundred. I don't know what the the currency is in the game. Let's just use dollars. Uh, so it's a hundred dollars, and that means you you basically get that by killing one guy. A hundred dollars is nothing. So you'll you'll get big wings if you want to get that upgrade, and then bam, you can add it to your ship, and that looks cool. There's also a jet engine, a turbo engine, and a rocket engine, all of which are far more expensive: five hundred, three thousand, and thirty thousand dollars. And they give you a great speed boost when you get the rocket engine. You're literally flying around the screen. In some ways, I well, think they, that's a negative. They give you they give you too much. Yeah, that's too, too much too fast. A, big wings, big wings is fine for me. The jet engine's not bad either. The five hundred dollar one is is not bad. I normally don't go past mm. that. Uh, so you can get a better engine. You can get three different weapon upgrades, a laser beam that makes it so instead of shooting your normal shot, which is just, you know, the regular two shots that come out of your gun one at a time, Mm -hmm. uh, it shoots a laser beam that if you hold down the fire button, it shoots, I mean, it's literally just like a giant beam in front of you, which is pretty great. Uh, A wide beam, which shoots like waves in front of your ship, Opa Opa. Mm -hmm. And then a seven-way shot, which is one direction seven ways. So basically you're just firing in a giant cone like shotguns over and over again, but across the screen. Uh, And they're all very powerful. But to counteract how powerful they are is they only last for 15 seconds apiece. Not a number of uses and not, oh, you have it till the end of the level or till you die. If you buy a weapon upgrade and you activate it, and we'll get into activating it in a second... Uh, it's mm-hmm. active for 15 seconds, and at that point, either you can pick another weapon to switch over to, which there's a selection screen we can talk about in a second, or you just don't worry about it and you're back to your normal shot. The game is designed so you can beat everything, maybe up until the very end, with your normal shot. If you fly around, use mm-hmm. your normal shot through the game. Yes, it's harder to dodge stuff because you are not you don't have as wide of a firing range, but you can conceivably beat this game with only the basic gun. I, I know I've done so on the uh, a different version of this game, but it, I did not with this game. But you can I got through the first four levels without using any of the upgrades just to see if I could. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's one of those and I love games like that. <laughs> Once again, I guess it, it lends itself to the difficulty um, where you can get by with the default gun. Like I, I don't feel like I'm underpowered at any point. Um you said first four, that's probably about accurate for me too. Um, I did try out the different guns because, you know, initially I did not know why all of a sudden these these upgrades were going away. Um, so I, I read the manual after the fact, after this has happened a few times, and I noticed I hadn't been hit, but sure fuck enough. Um, I was back to pea shooting again. Um, but no, it's it's one of those, even in boss fights, I feel like these upgrades are in the levels. I, I feel like the upgrades are kind of a thing to help you speed through maybe or help you get through something a little bit quicker a little bit easier um i never felt like um and i played through this it's, it's a very short game very this is a under a half hour affair most likely um so i i got in a few playthroughs and one of them i did try to go through um you know just with that default gun to see how far i could get and and i didn't feel a ton of a difference um i i wasn't dying any more than I was before, even the boss fights. Um, yeah, it would have been very convenient. Um, but no, I, you, you can plug along. You can plug along with that regular gun until, yes, towards the end, I feel like um, you could do it, uh, but it, it would require a, a bit more skill than the, the rest of the game demands. Yeah, the, the, the very last level, I think, you don't need them, but it definitely helps with speed. And actually, the, the weapons in some ways kind of, I don't want to hurt you, 
say hurt you because they don't ever cause damage. But for example, if you easily buy that seven-way shot and then start the game out, you're just tearing through the level. You don't really learn the the ability to dodge things like you need to, yeah. to get through the rest of the game. But otherwise, I mean that that's a minor complaint. That's any shooter. Upgrade your yeah. Sorry, upgrade your weapon, and you're you're blowing away your chances of learning how to really dodge. But yeah. and uh, and I mean it needs to be said there's it's a little strategic with the way you make your purchases too. Yes. Um, because upon buying something the next time around, uh, it'll be there, but it's 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 going to be more. Uh, you know the price will go up subsequently each subsequent time. Um, you pick the item up. So this this is certainly not one of those where in the early levels when you don't really need it. Uh, you don't want to plunk down for it and then come up short right there towards the end. Uh, I, I never had much of a trouble with the, you know, obviously not using the weapons a lot as far as managing your your amount of currency throughout. Uh, it, it's not really any trouble unless you just, you know, get completely wild on there and just and buy, you know, everything when, whenever, whenever you're able to. Um, but yeah, that is something to keep in mind if you're starting out that, um, you know, you're, you're kind of going to maybe get yourself into a corner uh, financially a little later on in the game. Well, and that happens twofold, because yes, the prices do get more expensive as you keep buying the same item. Uh, we also forgot to mention that there is a... Uh, the other thing that the, the shop sells is extra lives, which is how you earn them in this game. You don't get them through points, you get mm -hmm. them through buying them. Uh, and then also mm -hmm. bombs, different bombs. You have a, a twin bomb option that's oh, a permanent yeah. upgrade uh, until you die, and that lets you fire more than one bomb at a time. Uh, but then there's also fire bombs, smart bombs, and the heavy bomb that you can buy. They're only a thousand dollars at first and at first you're like oh wow why would i not just switch to the super bomb or whatever they're one use only and then it switches yeah. back to your default standard bomb you can buy multiples of the bombs you can't buy multiples of the shots so it's not like you can stock seven different lasers and just keep using the same laser over and over again you, you mm -hmm. can only buy one at a time and once it's used up you have to wait till you find another shop uh, at the beginning of the next stage to buy more of them otherwise um you know you're back to your normal shot with bombs the fire bomb smart bomb and heavy bomb you can buy as many as you want, and it will show your stock on the screen at the top, along with your score and, and what beam you're using. But it will uh, <laughs> it will use them in one use. If you if you don't know that's only one use, you buy it, you immediately use it, you're like, oh, that was that was it. No big deal. Mm -hmm. They are great bombs. They do a lot of damage. But because they are one use only, and you know you have to pay more and more each time, at first they're 1,000, then they're 1,500, then they're 2,000, then they're 3,000. And it adds up real quick how much these bombs are. So if you're using the, the non-standard bombs, which you should use your standard bomb, it's the other fire button. Your one fire button is shoot, the other fire button is drop a bomb, that does more damage than your regular shot and kind of does, you know, falls at an arc like any other bomb in most shooters. It's well worth, I mean, honestly, just walk around spamming both buttons. There's really no reason not to because yeah. uh, you'll do a yeah. fair amount of damage. But yeah, those other bombs, if you spam those other bombs, you're going to be out real fast. Um, I didn't really use any of the bombs except for the standard bomb and the heavy bomb. I tried the other bombs, and they're fine. The fire bomb shoots out an arc like your regular bomb, but when it hits the ground, it explodes mm -hmm. into these two fireballs that shoot out. And the smart bomb, uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I even use a smart bomb. Doesn't it just hurt everything on the screen? Yeah, uh, basically. So I, 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 don't, I don't think to the extent of the heavy bomb, though. No, the heavy bomb does a ton of damage, but it literally falls right out of your ship. It looks like a cartoon anvil, and it falls yeah. out of the bottom of Opa Opa when you hit that fire button. So it doesn't shoot an arc like the other bombs, and it's one use only, and it's fast. But it does a ton of damage, to the point where if you're watching like a, someone that's good at this game, they can kill some of the bosses with one drop of that bomb if yeah. you can hit the right spots. Yeah, 
I, I pulled that off one time after just one time only, uh, you know, just kind of fooling around on there after I had, uh, it, after the fact, and I would, you know, I, I like to go through and see, see how the other half live as in the skilled players, you know, I get on YouTube and check it out. And yeah. Um, like I, I had used the heavy bomb, but not, not to the extent that they had. So yeah, I did go back there. Uh, it is a little hard to pull off, but it is one of the more satisfying things you can do with this game. Well, the, the other downside of the weapon purchase system in this is not just that the weapons get more expensive as you buy them. And, and money is not really a problem in this, especially because enemies will respawn when you're out in the in the regular level. Mm -hmm. Not the, the bases you have to explode to, to finish the level, but the regular enemies will show up and you can farm them for money, I guess, if that was a concern. But you're really not going to run into an issue. Uh, with with money in this if you're playing it but the uh if you buy let's say you go through the first time you're at the shop you're like okay i've saved up all this money i'm gonna buy one of each gun and i'm gonna buy like 10 heavy bombs and about this other stuff but i'll save them for later and then you die you've lost everything you've bought even though it's not actively yeah. in your selection on the ship for being used it's considered to be stored in your ship so if your ship blows up and you start with three lives like i said you can buy others uh, at the shop, but there's no other way to earn lives and there are no continues, uh, you start again fresh. The only thing you keep if you die is your extra life count. So if you buy if you buy 20 extra lives somehow, save that much money, you'll get to keep those. But everything else in your ship, all your upgrade weapons, everything else is gone, and that weapon cost has still increased to that point. So if you start the first level out and you're like, well, I know I'm going to want a bunch of heavy bombs, and you just spend all your money on heavy bombs for the first four levels, and then you make a mistake and die on level five, that's it. You've, you've lost everything you had in your ship, yeah. and it's kind of a downer. So you, I would say if you're going to go that route where you're going to plan on, okay, I'm going to want a bunch of heavy bombs for a specific boss, I would wait till that level to buy them, just to be safe. You mm -hmm. don't want to get the cost way, way up and, and hurt yourself in the process. I mean, or just, you know, just don't die. Well, right, I mean, just, uh, of course. You know, that's the easy solution. Yeah, don't right die. That, that's what I do in every video game. That's, that's my strategy going in. But, yeah, that was a rude awakening. The first time. Now, I, I, you know, oh my God, you're used to that being the kind of thing that happens to you in a game if you lose all of your lives and like you continue and come back in. You know, we've played many a game where that happens and you come back without any power ups or anything like that. Um, but yeah, just to, to drop one life and it's all gone. I, 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 this game really, I think, pushes you to, to kind of be a little smarter. Um, you know, with how you you make your purchases and whatnot throughout the game. And, and that got sort of interesting playing through. Like, I, I lost things so many times, and I was like, eh, maybe I won't get a ton of, of this or that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the shop mechanic I, I thought was interesting, and the way the game kind of kind of doesn't make it beneficial for you to stock up items. Um, I, I think it makes it... One of those things where the, uh, and you know, with the time limit on some of the other items, I think it makes one of those things where you pull out these items like in, in a, a, a time of great distress. You know, it kind of makes it more of a special thing that you, you just pull out, you know, you keep up your sleeve rather than depending on as you play through the entirety of the game.
actually, there's no real point in going level by level to this because all the levels are essentially the same. They all look different, but they're all very bright yeah. and cartoony. And the point of every level is to destroy those those bases, which there's six in each level, and get to the boss, fight the boss. All the bosses are different. I, I really like that in the game, in this game, all the bosses are very different. I mean, they're all very easy as what you're supposed to do to hurt them, I think. I don't think there's any boss where you're like, I'm not quite sure how to beat this one. But they all are yeah. different uh, for the most part. And there's actually uh, there's seven standard levels where you destroy the bases and, and fight a boss at the end. And then the very last level is, unfortunately, a boss rush where you play through all the bosses you fought before plus the very last boss. So I'd rather mm -hmm. just go through the bosses real quick because they are so different. And, you know, again, the yeah. levels themselves, shoot the bases, avoid the enemies. I'd say, in general, my only comment with the levels is that... The bullets they shoot move slowly and are not really the problem, unlike a lot of shooters. In this, it's literally watching and avoiding the enemies themselves. A lot of their patterns yes. are not hard to read necessarily, but some are designed where they, they come at you to a certain point, then turn around, or they fly away from you, then come, you know, do this big U-turn real quick. You have to make sure you're, you're staying out of the way, especially if you haven't bought one of those speed upgrades. You can get hit by enemies pretty easily. And unlike other shooters we've talked about, you don't have a life bar. You get hit once, you die. You start over again. Now, any base you've destroyed is destroyed. If you're at a boss, you can start at that boss again, but you're starting fresh at that point. You've lost all your upgrades, and if you're at a boss, there's no chance to buy more. You're just, boom, at the boss, default weapons, go. So every boss mm -hmm. can be defeated with the, with the basic weapons, but it's not easy. So the first level ends, you get to this boss. It looks like a flying, like, bit of a tree trunk, I guess, yeah, with, a, with an eyes and a mouth. Wood. And it, and it flies back and forth at the end of the screen and opens its mouth and fires a bunch of, it looks like, green lo green rocks at you. Uh, that's the boss, I think, if you if you've played this game before or have seen shots of it, that's probably the boss you've seen. And I have to give the Master System credit. It animates all these things very well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice big sprites on there. Uh, I, I noticed just maybe a, a little bit of slowdown. Like, if, if this was on the NES, oh, I, as much as I love it, fucking good night, Irene. Um, we'd still be playing right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does a great job of handling these these pretty big, bright um, characters on there. And the Master System is not not a console that uh, that, that I look back on. You know, even, even the NES has, you know, has a, a lot of games I look back on. It's like, that was pretty damn nice looking for the time. And, and is, is still. Master System, I never saw as much of a graphical powerhouse there's not a lot of games that i remember being too pretty on there um but this one definitely um push, it has to push the limits of what that little thing was capable of well this this is the thing with the master system is i remember their games being a lot more bright and colorful than nintendo i thought the master system had a like it could do more colors at once i thought the sound system in the system sounded more unique and interesting uh yeah in, in a good sound, way yes but but i also think it didn't, uh, maybe just because of the lack of support or, or whatever, I don't think it advanced to the level that Nintendo did. You look at that first set of launch titles for the Nintendo, and then the stuff that was coming out in 1989, it looks like a totally different system. I mean, it's it yeah. blows you away what they can do with that system later. Where I don't think the Master System really had that kind of um, kind of push behind it. And again, I don't know if that's because oh, they no. kind of already had the system at its at its cap when it started, and Nintendo was kind of a, a learning progress. I don't really know, but but I think... The Master System, especially this is a very early title on the system. This would have this was amazing compared to what was out in the Nintendo at the same time. This is 1986, so you think you're you're comparing this to Clue Clue Land. I mean, you know, like the first yeah. launch titles for the <laughs> Nintendo. You know, Mario Brothers was amazing, Super Mario Brothers. I mean, but that didn't come out at launch. That was a later, slightly later title uh, than the yeah. when the system came out. This was like right 
don't know if it was right at launch, but it was in the first few months of the launch in the U.S. to have this kind of game, and it, it was uh, pretty impressive. Again, not a lot of slowdown. Looks good. Sounds good. Um, so the, the first boss was the tree trunk guy. The second boss is, it looks like a bomb, like a cartoony bomb almost with these things that spin around it and drop, yeah. it shoots bombs up in the air and they fall down around you. You just have to dodge them while you're shooting the boss. Uh, level three, it looks like a, almost like an, like an Incan or Mayan symbol. Like you'd see on the, like it's a circle with a face on the side. And then the front has missiles that are, are like, um, laser shooters at the front and the whole way you beat that boss is destroy all the laser guns on the front of it and they fire from top yeah. to bottom then bottom to top and so it's all about you kind of you know dodging those 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 lasers while you shoot the things that shoot the lasers out so that's not a bad mm -hmm. boss uh the level four boss is a fish monster uh, now if you played this in the arcade or on some of the other conversions of this uh this is a whole new boss it's only on the sega master system so it's a fish that you have to shoot the tongue of while it shoots these triangles at you this is actually a pretty mm -hmm. tough boss for me maybe because it's i'd never seen it before because uh, again it's well, not me, in the other versions <laughs> let me let me tell you um you'll know at this point in time if you have uh whether or not you need to continue playing with the uh, the speed boost, because um, I I went for one of the bigger engines, and at this point in time with the the tiny projectiles this thing shoots out, I was shit ass out. Uh, I was running into stuff. Um, I definitely definitely slowing down helped me a good bit throughout this game. I obviously bought a couple of little upgrades, but uh, yeah, I went into the, at this point in time in the game, I was just I, I speed was a bit too much for me. Yeah, th this boss, it, it, it shoots these, like, waves of bullets out of its mouth. And the, the little gap mm -hmm. you have, for a shooter fan, is still a huge gap. But compared to the rest of this mm -hmm. game so far, it's not. And if you're going too fast, you'll easily fly into those little triangles. And again, one hit and you're dead, so, you know, you don't want to do mm -hmm. that. Um, that, again, that boss is unique to the Master System version. Normally, in the arcade version of this, it looks like uh, a sphere with these two, like, crab arms that... Uh, Almost like octopus tentacles, but they're crab arms, mm. and they fly around the screen. Um, not in this version of the game, but that's what normally would be at the end of level four. Uh, level five was a series of snowmen of increasing size. <laughs> I like that boss. That's a fun boss. Uh, I, I audibly uh, let out a laugh when you're confronted by you know two little snowmen. You take them down, and then slowly plodding his way onto the screen. It's just a bigger fucking snowman. It's just a bigger version of those. For some reason, uh, I, I don't know if it's because this game, after playing Lost Odyssey, was a very welcomed <laughs> breath of pleasant air. Uh, but th that was just a a highly comedic moment for one reason or another. Well, it, it, it it's funny because they all they all do look exactly the same. They're and they're cartoony snowmen because yes. the rest of this game is so they're they're the you know three ball snowmen with a with a carrot nose <laughs> and they just yes. throw snowballs at you uh and, and increasing sizes but that's still that's a neat boss uh level six is another one unique to the master system it is a turtle like boss it goes on the bottom of the screen it shoots these little blue things off its shell at you basically uh while you shoot it in mm -hmm. the face that is not in the arcade the arcade version it looks more like an eyeball with these six uh, six arms that circle around it mm -hmm. and you have to kind of fly between the arms and shoot the eye so it's it's a neat boss that it's only on the master system this turtle boss uh level seven is another boss I think if, if you're familiar with the game and have seen pictures of it, this is another boss you've probably seen. It looks like a giant square face. And it yeah. breaks apart into little squares and then falls back together again as a giant face. And you can fly under it when it's broken apart, but not when it's together. Uh, that, that's a neat boss. And then, of course, you have level 8, which is all those bosses in a row. And then you mm -hmm. fight the very last boss of the game, which, on the Master System, you're not quite sure what you're fighting. You, you, you come into the last room, and you're, you're confronted with what looks like snakes coming out of this like 
I don't know, like a sideways mountain? What, how would you describe that last boss when you first start fighting it? I mean, when you first start, yeah, I mean, you get like a mouth on the, the far right of the screen. And yeah, anybody, anybody that's ever had an old phone, uh, you'll be dating yourself here. Uh, and you had the snake game on there. Essentially, there's a mouth and it keeps sh it's shooting that snake out at you, uh, at which you need to, to you know, get the, the head of it, uh, which can be easier said than done. This is the point. This is one of the fights where, um, oh, doing this with the regular gun would be a little dodgy. I got that one out, the, the you know, kind of the spread shot, because um, I'm stuck in fucking contra terms forever. If, if it shoots more than three bullets, it's a spread shot um, or a spreader. As my father would yell out, "Grab the, grab the damn spreader!" And as a kid, I would just shake and, you know, play through contra with him. We we talked long, <laughs> long and hard about how that's one of my more joyous and and terrible childhood memories. But yeah, you you destroy the heads on these several times over, and once you've defeated the enemy, I mean, it it pans out. You get a full shot of it, and. Even having gotten a full shot of it, I can't tell you what the hell it is. Is it a spaceship? I, I can't tell. It um, is because there's a, a bigger there's version a, of your ship. Oh, okay, because there's a yellow background, but at the same time, oh my god, part of the ship is yet part of the ship is yellow. I can I can totally see that now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, um, they, you fight through six or so of those heads that are all a different pattern of that same kind of snake style game. Where you can't mm -hmm. you can't fly into its tail, it becomes a a wall. So you have to shoot the heads off real quick. That's another one where if you know what you're doing, you get to the very end and you have, you know, a handful of those those uh, those heavy bombs. You just stand up oh, over yeah. the top of the mouth and just drop them in succession, and you'll kill them almost immediately. Then the screen will scroll on, and you'll see, oh, I've been fighting a giant version of my ship because you find out at the end of the game. And the game actually gives you a little story here that your character, who you're not sure if it's a person in the ship or if the, it's the person is the ship, you don't really know. Oh, that's uh, right. That's, it's the fucking it's the the Star Wars reveal at the end. Yeah, yeah. The, the bad guy this whole time was your dad. Instead of being Opa Opa, which is your character, he's O Papa. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he's, Jesus. he's your uh, he's your dad who was apparently in charge of the enemy forces the whole time uh, that were you were trying to defeat. So, you know, it's it's goofy, but it's still fun. Like the way that all comes out. And again, that last fight, especially if you don't have a bunch of bombs and know what to do, is pretty rough because uh, you have yeah. to get through all the bosses and then fight this this series of snake things that are very fast. If you don't have a speed upgrade, oh. if you don't have a, a weapon upgrade, it's going to be a tough one to get through unless you've already memorized the paths that these snakes take. Yeah, I, I recall um, the best part about that ending after you have played through this incredibly cheery, bright. I don't know if we've stressed how great the music is. It's fucking tremendous. Um, th this game <laughs> with with even these amusing looking characters uh, and I, I jotted it down. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's an old eight bit game. You, you get the wall of text at the end. That's your ending. Um, it ends on the note of yes. After, after revealing that's the father and I've got it written down here. This is the last, uh, last one burning question that will remain with him until his dying days. Was my victory really worth the price <laughs> I had to pay? And that's how they, <laughs> holy shit. That's how they concluded uh, th this otherwise uh, otherwise cheery jaunt through through a, a, a fantasy land um, 
was just just hitting you with a sad ending all of a sudden. Just uh, just this regretful fucking ending for you. Yeah, it is, and it's kind of comes out of nowhere because the rest of the game, even the start of the game, it's like, oh, Bob is going to save the world, blah blah blah. Like it's just super happy, and then of course you get that that kind of downer at the end. But it still plays happy music while you're reading it, so it's worth it, uh, and still looks bright and colorful. So as I mentioned, this is a port uh, of the arcade game by Sega of the same year. There are some some fairly notable differences in the game. I already mentioned that the bosses to level four and six are completely different uh, in this version of the game. Also, uh, missing from this game that would be in the arcade, which is actually kind of helpful, is in the arcade version of this game and most other ports, uh, at the bottom of the screen, there's normally a little kind of a mini-map for the level that shows you how many of those bases are left that you have to fight and roughly mm. where they would be. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a full organized mini-map, but there will be a little, set, like a little row at the bottom with eight, eight circles or whatever. And so you know there's eight of yeah. these things I have to find. Um, and okay. they, they count down in the order they're in, so if you somehow miss the second one because you can fly over and around them, then it will still have, like, the first one's gone, the second one's still there, the third one's gone, the fourth one's there. And you'll know roughly where to go back to because it also shows mm-hmm. where you are on the map. Um, there's also less of those bases in each level. In the Master System version that we're covering today, there's six in each level. In the arcade and most home versions, there are ten of the bases in each level, and the levels are longer. They're a little more spread out in between each base. There's some of these, especially I want to say it's like level five, the ice one, or level, yeah, the one with the snowman, where the, the bases are like these upside-down hanging flower things you're supposed to shoot, and they're literally all clustered together. I mean, that level, <laughs> you'll get through that level in like four seconds if you have the seven-way shot and just destroy them mm-hmm. all. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing is that uh, even though the game is bright and colorful and the music is good, obviously the arcade music is has more instrumental and, and it's better versions of the same track journey here, but when you get to bosses in this game, and you kind of touched on it at the end for Opa, Opa or Opapa, uh, is that instead of having a background when you get to a boss, it goes to a solid color screen. So you'll you'll go through the level and it's all bright and colorful, and then all of a sudden it slows down and then it turns, you know, fades into one solid color so you can have that boss fight. Again, I'm sure that was done for the system limitations so that the bosses do animate really well and don't slow down. Because generally, I mean, the slowdown I found was during the levels themselves, not as much at all during the bosses. I thought the bosses all ran fairly smoothly, which on the Nintendo would would have been difficult, especially at this time, to make that happen with this much animation and this much color. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I, this game um, really gave me a... a kind of a renewed interest in the master system. I had one growing up. Uh, I didn't have a lot of games for it. It was one of those that as soon as the fucking NES hit the scene, um, that was what was on the shelves. Uh, master system games were very hard to come by, uh, which is why I mainly played uh, Rambo 3 the entire time <laughs> and, and a little bit of Alex Kidd here and there. Um, but yeah, th- this is really been an eye-opener and it's not even you know i you you kind of put this one out there and i looked at it it's like oh it's like well this this isn't really my kind of game uh system i'm not you know i I don't have any ill will towards master system it's just not one of those i really think about i'll be yeah but this was eye-opener in in a lot of ways um both to this uh this this genre of game um i'm i'm never going to go in for those fucking near bullet hell ones um but something like this oh yeah oh yeah i i I would gladly uh play through and and i think a lot of that also has to do with the the amount of personality in it um it's just it's not the usual dark uh colors of space throughout the game um 
so yeah, it, it, it has a renewed interest. I, I think there are other games like this one that I am going to most likely actively seek out and play. It also has me a little interested in the Master System. Because um, it's like you were talking early on. I, I, th- I think I really underestimated what that system um, was capable of. And, you know, I, I, I definitely think it's one of those where I'm going to delve into that library a little bit more. Well, and even Fantasy Zone itself is a series that, well, first of all, it's a series. There's more than one game in the, in the series mm-hmm. of Fantasy Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Master System itself, you can get Fantasy Zone 2 and Fantasy Zone The Maze. Now, Fantasy Zone 2 mm. plays a lot like this, uh, but with some, you know, obviously different levels and such. Uh, Fantasy Zone The Maze is, is kind of like if you played Pac-Man over top of this game. It's very bizarre, uh, but mm. it's still interesting. You know, my, you know my feelings on Pac-Man. Well, <laughs> that's true. I did forget. Maybe that I shouldn't have told you that. Now you're not going to be not pay attention. Uh, if you have the uh, the Genesis Mini, the Genesis version Super Fantasy Zone, which is a, a better version of better looking version of this kind of game, is on there as well. Um, it has more weapons. It's it's uh, it's got more to it. The version I played of this game first. I, I know that we're covering the Master System version, but unsurprisingly to anyone who's listened to this podcast for long enough, the version I played of this first was on the TurboGrafx 16, and is probably why, why didn't you, why didn't you get this one out? Why? You've recommended so many Turbo Graphics games. You could have saved a little bit of face if you would have got this one out for us. Uh, honestly, I I don't know why I didn't pick it because it is really good. Also, because I knew it was originally a a Sega title. It was, mm. it was on the Sega mm. Master System, and I, I mean, frankly, we don't cover a lot of shooters because I wasn't sure how how much was to it. But then we started actually playing through this, and I was like, you know, there's actually a lot to discuss on this one. It's not just a standard oh, yeah. shooter. Uh, oh, so yeah. maybe I should have picked it out earlier. But yeah, instead instead you'll have a better <laughs> a better. Uh, impression of the master system than the than the true graphics and we continue the way we've been going um this was a was obviously a big title for sega because you know we've mentioned that alex kid when we talked about alex kid miracle world was like their previous mascot well before alex kid opa opa was kind of their mascot now i -hmm. can't find anything official uh, and in my 30 seconds of internet research to show that sega officially said oh yeah this is our mascot i mean like alex kid you could kind of tell Yes, he was. And obviously Sonic since has been their, their mascot. But uh, there is a lot of material where Opa Opa shows up in other games. He had a lot of bigger role in their marketing in like Japan than he did here. But it does look like they truly, really tried to make this, this flying ship with wings and little feet kind of their, their mascot before they came up with like, <laughs> well, Mario's for Nintendo. we got to come up with a guy. Americans like guys. Who are we going to find? Uh, how about this monkey kid? Okay, that'll work. And, uh, and so Opa Opa was their pre-Alex Kid unofficial mascot, I suppose. Now, I, I recognized, not, I had not played, like I said, this game before. I recognized that little ship, and I, I think he does appear in a, a little, little handful of games. He has, um, God, Shinmu. Yes, yes he does. He was in, yes. And it was one of those things where I was like, well, I recognize this little ship, um, and I believe the last thing I ever saw, and, and I may be wrong, uh, I think they made this a vehicle in that uh, the the Sega All Stars race. They, they did one mistaken. of the All Stars racings. He, he is one of the characters. So, so I knew of <laughs> I knew of the ship um, before I knew really. I, I didn't put it as being from this game, but I it was kind of one of those aha moments once I, I was starting to look at this game to review it. So I, that's neat. Um, I, I, you know, whew, Sega, uh, they had a rough pick of fucking mascots early on, didn't they? I mean, it's between a, it's between a ship with feet and Alex Kidd. Hot damn. Probably it, the wrong no choice, wonder. honestly. Well, yeah, or yeah, I, I would, I would sure fucking say so. There's no Jankum in this one. It already gets, <laughs> it already gets some extra points. 
Um, but no, I, this was a really enjoyable little thing. I, I think this is definitely a series that I am going to uh, continue looking into. Well, I think the the strength of the master system, especially when they were first trying to push it, was that they could do good uh, home versions internally of their own arcade games. You know, Outrun mm-hmm. was a big one. Hang On was a big one. This game, even though we probably didn't see a lot of Fantasy Zone in arcades here, was was a big hit in Japan. And a sneak preview of our next bonus show, we're going to cover another game that was originally a Sega arcade port that they put out in the Master System pretty early. Uh, we're probably going to talk about the game Quartet, if you're familiar. But uh, but yeah, that I, I think this is a great example of what the Master System could do, especially at launch, uh, but also it, on its own. A, a fun game, a good version of the port. And also, to, to touch back something you said earlier, this game actually did have... Uh, two NES ports. One never made it here. One was only in Japan. Uh, but the one that did come out here was one of those Black Cart Tengen games, the uh, the unofficial mm-hmm. Nintendo releases. Uh, yeah. It it does not play very well. It's not as bad as you'd think, though. Uh, I did not think it was a complete disaster, but it's also nowhere near as good or as smooth as the, as this. Game. So that's our thoughts on Fantasy Zone for the Master System. But really. Uh, it's good on almost any any system you can find a port of uh, a fantasy zone even that NES port I mentioned uh, mm. still worth doing like I, I have it on a 3ds collection of Sega like 3d games you can turn the 3d off and it still has fantasy zone I think it's on the switch as, as one of the Sega ages titles there's really many many ways to play this game we didn't talk but they're all pretty good but specifically if you have a master system this is probably one of the the better titles on it definitely one of the better shooters uh, from what I recall from the master system uh, so definitely check that out now normally this is the part of the show where we say hey We've got a website, retrovania.net. You can go there and get links to all of our social media, and at the very bottom, there's a question form where you can send us a question. And we normally answer them, and we would gladly have answered them now, but Jeremy is not available. He's the one who manages that set of questions, and we kind of are recording this uh, without a lot of heads up on his end to get us those questions. Mm-hmm. So if you send us a question, we're not ignoring you. It's coming, but, uh, but we did not have any questions for today. However, I did get a question on Instagram that I feel like at least it's worth mentioning uh, here because... As you're aware, we've mentioned it one time in this episode so far. We've, we've pushed it on our social media and everything else. We have a Patreon. And this Patreon is not just a way for you to send us money because you think we're great. It's a way for you to get extra episodes of this show. Every month we do two episodes on this feed, and right now we're doing two episodes on the Patreon feed. And actually, if we get to 50 patrons, which we're very close to hitting, we will be doing three bonus shows that are exclusive only for those people who have joined our Patreon. But I got a question mm-hmm. from Anders L. on Instagram after I posted our Metroid Fusion, which is the most recent uh, bonus episode. And he said, hey, if you if you become a patron, do you get access to all the previous bonus shows that you've already put out? And I thought I was pretty clear on this before, but you know, it's always worth restating it. Yes. If you join today as a member of our Patreon, you get access to all the bonus shows we've done previously. It gives you basically another feed for your podcast app, or you can stream them right off Patreon. And you can get access to all those shows. You don't have to to worry about like, well, I joined today, so I missed the Metroid one. I have to, you know, ask these guys to unlock it. No, it's there from the get-go. The moment you join, you have access to all our old shows plus any upcoming shows. And actually, I don't like to, to broadcast this too loudly, but hey, July is almost our two-year anniversary of, of running this Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. We don't, the, the way Patreon works is it charges you at the beginning of the month. If you join now, you don't get charged until the beginning of next month. 
So theoretically, if you were thinking like, man, I want to check these guys out, but I don't know if I think these bonus shows are going to be worth it. Maybe it's just mm -hmm. Jeremy talking about how much he loves the Turbo Graphics for a solid hour. I can't put up with that. That's too much. It's not. They're I good shows. I can't either. I, I got sympathy. If you are at all interested in the Patreon, this is the way to do it is to check it out. Uh, bonus shows are up there now. Like I mentioned, our most recent one was Metroid Fusion. Uh, but but we're going to be talking about another one of these Master System arcade ports uh, in another week or so. And there, there's two episodes a month. And like I said, we're so close to 50 patrons that we're mm -hmm. promised a third show. Now, last month, uh, Billy and I kind of teased what one of those shows could be as we did a whole episode on the fishing aspect of Animal Crossing. I would yes. love to do the this series, not every month, but as this third bonus show. Every few months, mm -hmm. Billy and I do a... Do a uh, keeping it real about fishing specific <laughs> uh, sections of popular games. You know, we've talked about it. Uh, which games we want to cover? We ha already have a list going. So that's something we could do. Yeah. We've also done movie reviews in the past. I'd love to do uh, maybe once in a while. Uh, Maybe go through every episode of Captain and the Game Master. Something goofy that we could do oh, as yeah. our third show. But yeah. for the most part, two of those shows guaranteed every month are going to be standard game reviews like we do on a regular feed, but without what you've been playing and without listener questions because we keep those for the main feed. Yeah, and it, it's it's been something really enjoyable to do um, because, you know, we, we were doing the two episodes a month and... And I think all three of us really yeah, love doing this, love getting together for this, love experiencing these old games, you know, whether it's it's coming to them for the first time or looking back on them. And it really wanted the opportunity to to do it more. And uh, this was a great, you know, great way to do that. It, it's shorter, uh, 30 to 45 minute episodes. It allows us to even maybe even jump out of the the you know kind of the time restrictions we we put on ourselves as far as you know the the particular retro systems things like that like jeremy p said uh we we let our hair down a little bit on a patreon feed and with jeremy not here for this one there's not a lot of hair to let down right now no um but uh yeah I, and and there's just a lot of ridiculous things we've looked into, whether it's fishing, movie reviews. Um, once we hit 50, I, th I think this third third episode is, is you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, whatever it is. It, it's probably more, nine times out of ten, it's going to be something kind of gimmicky, kind of off the beaten trail, but something I think everyone will enjoy. Um, and I, I, we're all incredibly thankful. We, we've been very, very lucky that uh, my son... And maybe one or two other friends and family were not the only patrons we ever had. Um, I mean, we've we've been going at forty plus for a long time, and that's been very helpful. Um, we have uh, each <laughs> upgraded equipment, um, you know, several times. We we try to take these funds and, and put them back into things. I know Jeremy P has has shipped out some shirts in the past. He has has shipped out um, some patches. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's been great, and it's it's allowed us to upgrade. And anybody who's been there with us since the start can appreciate um, a good old fashioned equipment upgrade. Oh yeah, on our end. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's rough. I, I'm still petitioning for those early ones to be taken down. Um, well, there's also no, you know also some mm -hmm. of the games we've covered. Um, I know at least I, if not some other people, if not both you and, and Jeremy, have had to find copies of those games. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's a very pricey, mm -hmm. <laughs> pricey job. Yes, they, and, they can and the be. Patreon does help uh, immensely with that process. Yeah. I mean, come on. I got to buy these guys some fucking R zones. Man, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. Yeah, I, I've got to. And, and you can help contribute to that. If not, surely there's nothing more important in your life 
than, than making sure that that all three of the assholes from a video game podcast have you know have brand new or at least gently you i mean every r zone is gently used because you put the thing on <laughs> fucking once and you're done with it um but no it's 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 been a real joy um cranking out those episodes keeping the podcast as a self-sustaining thing um you know we've 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 touched on ads a little bit in the past but we've got a pretty pretty strict role that it needs to be something that we we think our our fan base would would really jive with something that fits in um you know i don't want fucking you don't want jeremy gregory 10 minutes into the podcast while we're talking about you know talking about sonic 2 to let you know uh how his 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 week with blue chew is gone right <laughs> You don't yeah. want that, dude. Maybe you do want. Maybe I want that. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Um, but before no, we get back to Gunsmoke, let's talk about Bomba socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if, if you like this show, uh, it, it's always thankful for everyone who's been supporting us and continuing to do so. Mm-hmm. It makes uh, it makes us a lot more uh, enjoyable to know that people do like mm-hmm. it that much. But also, again gives you extra shows and if you really want to us to cover your game that's the best way to do it is by joining our patreon you can force us to do so as many people have and as soon as jeremy's back we have episodes that will meet that requirement that our episodes we are guaranteeing to our paid patrons that they paid for uh that we will all be on but uh until then we at least have one more bonus show when jeremy is not going to be here that's the one we just talked about we're going to cover quartet but we should be back in two weeks hopefully all three of us and if so we'll be covering one of those requests and we will see you then